A native Israeli Jewish woman's journey takes her face to face with the New Age, Jesus, cancer, and ultimately the realization that her Jewish heritage and relationship with Jesus don't have to be exclusive on this week's Spirit Answers podcast. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for joining us on Spirit Answers podcast today. Oh, it's really my honor. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, so your story is is a wild one. Um, It takes you from the New Age to a vision with Jesus to a really, really enduring and trying cancer diagnosis. But before we get into all that, um, I understand your story begins in Israel where you had kind of a different understanding of God. Is that right? It is. I was born and raised in, in Israel until I was about uh, almost 20 years old. And my family immigrated to, to Toronto, to Canada, and uh, I've joined them just a few months later. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I am Israeli Jewish believer of Yeshua. Yeah. So so how, how was that then uh, growing up in Israel with your family? And, and can you kind of take us through what it was like at that time in your understanding of Judaism and of God? Yeah, 100%. I think I was one of those kids that was always searching for something spiritual. Um, I grew up in, um, you know, in the early 80s, there was Lebanon war. So the first kind of memory I have of um, asking about God was when my dad was drafted to the war, to the army, and there was no choice about it. You just go when you're called, you go. And I think I was like five or six. And I asked my mom, um, you know, with would God keep my dad safe? Because I could see my dad, uh, my dad always believes in God, still is. My mother grew up in uh, Europe, so she was told there's no God. So um, it was kind of a mix. So when I asked my mother that, I'll never forget, she told me there is no God. And that devastated me. Now, of course, I'm not, this has nothing to do with my mother today. I'm, I'm an adult and I love my mother. She's my best friend. But this is what she knew at that time. So she was brought up to think it's up to us humans there's no god so when she told me at five or six or whatever there's no god and and so that's it uh i do remember the emotional feeling about it of oh my goodness so who's gonna protect my god my 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 father um so i have to admit that kind of confused me and yet i kept searching the world there must be something bigger than us bigger than this body right bigger than and all I could see, um, so we lived on on a private detached home, and across from us there was a synagogue. Um, and I remember I used to I used to climb the tree just to look at the people praying uh, on Shabbat or on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And there were there were mainly men that I could see at the time, and it really fascinated me. Like, who are they praying for? What are they saying? And is there a God? And where is he? And so I was kind of searching my whole life in a nutshell. And when you were searching then, um, I understand that you, because I've seen in other videos, you talk about how in your family, you had the Jewish faith, but it was a little bit more of a secular Jewish upbringing. Isn't that right? That's correct. In fact, most uh, Jewish people, there's there's almost a dichotomy in Israel. Um, it's either you're ultra-Orthodox, and that never spoke to me because I could never understand all these laws and rules. And they seem, to be honest with you, very unhappy people. Sorry. Uh, and the other extreme is, uh, well, if that's God, then I'm I'm going the other way, which is completely secular. 
uh, but traditional. So most people are in Israel is shifting now, but most people grew up um, um, like knowing there's something out there, a God, Elohim, uh, but how we manifested it is by keeping the Jewish holidays. Um, and that's that's how I grew up. When you started to grow up then and uh, started to explore these spiritual questions, did did you fill your, your parents in on any of that or was, or was it kind of just a private thing? Um, I honestly don't remember. It might've been a private thing, just searching, but it didn't, I mean, it was my search for God took so many different avenues as, as you, as you alluded to, but it, it went from who is God? Is there a God to who are we? And th is this person see what I see? Like very philosoph I was a very philosophical child, <laughs> like I give myself a headache, but, um, I was very interested in the, in the supernatural in the spiritual world. I used to see things. Like um, I actually used to have visions as a child and 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 prophetic events that are supposed to happen. I I, I would get like an uh, now I know like a word of knowledge that they're about to come. And of course, I did not have the tools. Um, like I knew when the Gulf War is about to start before it started. Wow. And I didn't know what to do with that. I, I had no Bible, no teachings. So it kind of scared me. I, I have to be honest. Um, well, that, that's that's fascinating. I didn't realize that. Um, and so I would think that those types of experiences then just furthered your uh, inclination to delve deeper into these uh, spiritual and philosophical uh, questions. And yeah. um, I, I understand then that uh, eventually, and I'm not sure if we're there yet in the timeline, but uh, eventually you kind of start getting into new age spiritualities. Mm -hmm. um, is, is that is that kind of chronologically where we're at? Um, I think so, except that in my search, I decided that, okay, I can't figure this whole spiritual stuff up. So um, I, I kind of knew right from high school that I wanted to go into psychology and learn the human mind and human development. And I really truly believe that's my answer. So I, I, when we immigrated to Canada, I started doing my BA in psych and then moved on to do my master's in psychology um, specialized in infant development, children and all that. And I loved it, fell in love with it. But actually what happened, it did not give me the answers to my spiritual thirst. It actually pushed me away from God, from the spirit world. Um, I started mocking it. I started feeling like, come on, you know, there's nothing up there in the clouds. Um, it is all up to our upbringing and psychological development and DNA. And I, I took like a more scientific um, perspective, but as as we will talk soon, clearly that thirst was bigger than me, and that's when I fell into new age. Mm -hmm. And uh, through, I, I think it's interesting that you point that out as well, like in, in from a psychological perspective, because I think that um, what can happen there is that there is there's a lot of things there that I think can be helpful uh, for people in the psychology uh, spectrum, uh, because you know I'm getting right now I'm getting my masters in counseling. Nice. But I do, I, I do think that it's also something where uh, it can be very easy to, um, I, th I think that psychology can, it, it's kind of like when it talks about in the Bible and it talks about relying on human wisdom. And yes. I think that sometimes uh, there are certain things in there that just don't mesh uh, very well with what, with what the Bible would say. And I oh, think wow. there are certain things where it's just almost like, uh, you know, this might make sense right now in, in 2021 from a psychological 
uh, academic perspective, but maybe 10 to 15 years from now, it's going to change. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, you know, the word of God is something that always stays constant. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it, it sometimes is very uh, easy to lose sight of that when you're when you're in the midst of, of that every day on a daily basis. And you don't come from a, uh, uh, you know, a really uh, grounded and rooted background in the word of God. I think it can be very, very hard to, to realize that maybe you're starting to um, lose sight of truth and, and kind of just going like it also talks about in the Bible, kind of just going with whatever the trend is, uh, so to speak, in the, in, mm-hmm. in the psychology world at that time. So mm-hmm. um, I really relate to, to that aspect of your story. And I find it, find it fascinating. Of course, that wouldn't quench that spiritual thirst. No, no, 100%. I mean, I um, um, listen, I didn't go to a Christian school to do my counseling. I went to a secular uh, school, university here in, in Toronto, and uh, I actually w- um, got very, very deep in psychoanalysis, uh, studied Freud and, and his uh, colleagues at the time, and that is really remote from anything to do with spiritual. It was, in fact, if you had a spiritual inclination or a, a vision or a calling, then clearly you belong in a hospital. So I, I just, I think that was my way to shut off that door. Mm. Or thought, thought. <laughs> and eventually, uh, I know that in your psychological um, work, you started to then incorporate some of these new age teachings. Isn't that right? Yes, yes that's correct. I um, my my journey kind of fell uh, or not fell, uh, developed on its own. So I I did a lot of grief counseling, and um, and then it it really developed. Uh, I love animals, so I suddenly uh, found myself offering grief counseling for pet owners who lost their pets, and that was around 2004. And at the time, no one really was openly talking about uh, pet loss grief. So um, I would be invited to various TV stations, radio stations, papers, what have you, just to talk about, hey, people really grieve for their pets, and how can we help them? So that got me in uh, almost a new path of, yes, um, sorry, (laughs) uh, talking about pet loss bereavement. And yet that thirst for God was somewhere in my soul, deep, deep, deep. And I suddenly thought, hey, um, I kind of want to take it a step further and to talk about how animals heal us. And and I believe there is truth to that. I mean, uh, a bond is a bond, a relationship, an unconditional love from an animal. There is healing aspect to it. But I I really, really took it to to an extreme of um, they can really heal us. So essentially what happened is I incorporated the psychology of the human-animal bond with uh, human-animal healing and then found um, Reiki. For example, so I well, we're going to talk about that. But uh, Reiki was my way into the new world age, new age world, actually. Yeah, and uh, I can I can relate to that as well. That was kind of like my thankfully God kind of uh, rescued me at that point. That was like my final it's the straw that broke the camel's back in my new age of Christianity uh, wow. kind of testimony. But when you got into Reiki, then. How did that happen? How, how was that process for you going from a very strict academic psychological background to now you're starting to deal with some things that you can't really measure in a scientific or psych, you know, psychological uh, way? So mm-hmm. I'm wondering, how was that for you? Was it an easy transition into Reiki or, or not so much? You know, uh, not, no, no, it, it actually, sorry. Yeah, it was very easy. I, I remember I was at work. Uh, I was working in a clinical, child, child and adolescent clinical um, organization. I was at work. I really kind of 
said out loud, what is there to life more than this? And where am I going from here? Uh, and boom, an ad popped up. I think it was a magazine or somewhere in my desk or even online. I really don't remember uh, about Reiki. And I had no clue what that was. So I researched it and I thought, oh my goodness, bingo. This is what I was looking for my, my entire life. Something that is more than us. Uh, so I registered for a course, the, the first level, my mind, I was like blown away. Wow, so deep and so, um, you know, talking about past life and, and oh my gosh, I, I, I honestly erased all those memories But at the time. But I really, really believe this is the way to God. Um, and it, it almost, um, it's almost like drinking a, a, a fresh glass of water on a thirsty to a thirsty soul, except now I know the water is fake. But at the time it was, this is it. it uh, yeah, at the time it started to probably, uh, you thought quench that spiritual thirst that you had had since you were yeah. young. And that that is a powerful moment. I know I've talked about it before where you are really, you're brought up, or at least most people are brought up and uh, they're told that there's nothing more to life than this physical world. And all of a sudden you find out that there is a spiritual uh, component yes. to things. And not only is there a spiritual component, but you, but you're able to, in your situation, work that spiritual component into what you're doing for a profession. And so oh, I think right. that also makes it a little bit more appealing. That had to be, yeah. have been a very powerful moment. No, exactly. And, and uh, I mean, one thing led to the next and suddenly I'm doing the, um, you know, the last level, the master level, sorry, I'm mocking because it's not real, to be honest. And um, and then I started teaching, uh, doing Reiki on animals and ourselves. And I felt um, really, this is, I've, I've like I've arrived. Um, sadly through the process, because I was unaware, I have misled people away from the real truth, which is Jesus, Yeshua, um, but which I've repented about. But um, yes, I felt this is it. In, in just real quick, because I know that there's um, probably most people probably already are, are aware of what this is. But uh, so Reiki is a new age healing modality where you essentially you put your hands over something, whether that's a you know a person, usually a person lying down on a table or or couch uh, or an animal, uh, and uh, you put your hands over them, and there's supposed to be some kind of a spiritual healing that takes place. Usually, the person's hands that's doing the quote healing, it's, they're getting hot. Um, and, uh, the person that, or the animal that's receiving the healing will have some kind of, uh, it's usually kind of like a euphoric feeling, uh, that's very, that's there for a little bit of it, but flee, very fleeing. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and also there's a component to this as well, which like, uh, Sherry was talking about the deception part is that you're, you're accessing something that at the time you or myself or, uh, other people in the new age probably don't totally understand uh, a, a, an energy that is coming from, as we know now, a demonic place. Yes. Uh, but at the time when you're doing it again, you're, you're thinking that you're helping people. Uh, you're thinking that this is all of good and, and, and of love. And so it's very, very hard to see that in the moment, especially again, when you're coming from a, when you're coming from a background where you're not so uh, grounded in the word of God and are able to see these, these deceptive practices for what they are. Exactly. You said it exactly right. Yeah. So it sounds like then, even though this is, we understand now, a deceptive practice, you were having some kind of, quote, success with it, right? There was something going on that was beyond the physical here. Oh, yes, exactly. Because I felt that this is it. Um, I slowly slowed down my practice, uh, pure psychotherapy and clinical practice. I actually moved to uh, British Columbia, to Vancouver in 2008 uh, with a former partner. 
And, um, and Vancouver is a mecca for new age. So it, it was another um, setup of really of the enemy to, you see everyone here practices Reiki and there's such thirst to take these classes. So I, I would offer weekly classes um, in Reiki and, and do sessions on people and yeah. When you were doing this also, I understand that you, you started to kind of uh, look into Jesus mm-hmm. and there were some false teachings that you started to look into that you realize is false now, again, that you didn't understand at the time. Can, there, so there's two things I want, I wonder about this one, what were some of the, the false teachings that you were starting to understand about Jesus at the time? And two, how, how did you um, view Jesus uh, just with your upbringing in Israel uh, as someone with a Jewish background, how was, how was that for you? And uh, just how did those two things kind of come into play when you, when you got older and started to find these uh, false teachings out about Jesus? Yeah, I'm, I'm smiling because I'm just so grateful that he had plucked me away from it. But during my Reiki um, life, while I was teaching and um, literally it was a weekly ongoing thing and then started giving te- um, lectures and seminars on the human-animal bond. I, I wrote a book. I published a book in 2011, um, The Voice. Um, I actually took it out of print, but it was it was messages, or so I thought, that I had received from the consciousness of the animals. You can just, from hearing that, you can see how deep I was into new age and deception. So that book got me to do a book tour and speak on on many um, spiritual bookstores. And during that time, someone introduced me to a a text called A Course in Miracles. And of course, that's a very appealing title. I mean, I, I, I want miracles. So I started looking into it. It's a huge, thick book. Kind of looks like the Bible, actually. And the, the language was almost like the King James uh, of, of the written Bible. So it was almost grabbing me in a way that, uh, who talks like that? This is, this is something very, very deep. And then um, what it is, uh, the A Course in Miracles, it's actually, uh, it is extremely deceptive. It takes part of scriptures. It talks about Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but it's not the real Jesus. But of course, for somebody like me, I had no way of knowing and and deciphering uh, the truth from lie. So I thought this is Jesus. So he talks about how we are, this this world is an illusion and the Holy Spirit can operate through us uh, and we have no control of our body anymore. And there's no need to work. There's no need for money. There's no need for anything else because we're just spiritual beings. Well, that really, really spoke to me on a deep level because I've always thought we are a spiritual being. Um, so the more I delved into it, I, I took more classes and I also found out that the person who wrote it or she said tr- transcribed, she had a download, uh, was Jewish. So I thought, okay, that's, that's allowed. She's Jewish and she's writing about Jesus. So I'm, I'm also allowed to read about him. But I'll be honest with you, the first time I opened the book and I read Jesus Christ, I t- tossed the book on the wall and I, and I, <laughs> and I said, I, I'm Jewish. I'm not allowed to even say those two names. I had no clue that this, we're talking about the Jewish Messiah, the King, the Son of God, Elohim, um, in the real world, but it, he was fake in the Course of Miracles. So 
Uh, I took classes and workshops with Hay House, who is a huge new age uh, portal. I'm not trying to advertise them. I'm just letting people know this is not the real truth. But my dream was to belong to Hay House and do tours and talk about how God loves us. So in essence, my heart kept going back to that. I want to tell people God loves us, but I didn't feel that love myself. Plus, I was broke. I was poor because the, the Course in Miracles says you don't have to work. So I had no money. I was extremely stressed, which I wouldn't be surprised that this also led to the cancer, to be honest. So, Yeah, and, and we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, but that's interesting. And so you so in your upbringing, then it was it, it was really instilled in you that you don't even speak about Jesus. Mm, no, no. Things change now because of the Internet mm -hmm. and exposure and people are a bit less um, uh, blinded. But in my upbringing, we didn't we didn't have Google. We didn't have Internet. We didn't have podcasts. So I had no clue who Jesus was. I only knew one thing. We don't talk about him. We don't ask about him. He is for the Christians and not for the Jews. End of story. Mm. It's, it's a taboo. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really fascinating. And the other part of this then is that so when you you see Jesus's name in this book, uh, it, it sounds like it was a combination then of those two things. It was the fact that you don't speak about him, you don't really think about him, and also the fact that it was a it was a, you, you could tell that something was off in terms of the way that they represented him. Am I hearing you correctly? Um, yeah, of course, not knowing anything about Jesus and the Bible, I mm -hmm. thought this is the Bible. I actually remember saying to a friend of mine, this is going to replace the Bible. Wow. wow. <laughs> Based on what have I said that? No idea. It's completely a, a deception. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sorry, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it's, it's, uh, it's really hard to see these things, uh, when you're, when you're going through them and, uh, you, you have, don't have a really firm upbringing in, in terms of truth and, uh, and you have all this, the wow and the wonder of these quote spiritual um, miracles, like you know yes. Reiki that we under, again we understand to be deceptive, deceptive now, but oh, it's yeah. just so hard to see through all of that at the time. And uh, you you had mentioned, uh, uh, well actually we'll get to that in a second because from what I understand before uh, you have the diagnosis of cancer, you had a vision of Jesus, and I'm are we about there in, in terms of the timeline? Yes, yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. So when I moved to British Columbia, the first thing I did, well, not the first, but one of the first things I did is um, I went into a forest. Of course, Vancouver is incredible beauty. Uh, I went into a forest and I said, God, if you are real and if you can hear me, I ask you to use my life for your purpose. Um, I don't know why I said that. I don't know where it came from. But God hears our heart. You know, the Bible says that he, 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 he's not impressed with sacrifices and, and praying out loud like the, the Pharisees did. He wants, he wants our heart. So God heard her, my heart. So that, I believe, was a, was a point of contact with the real God who was overlooking me while I was searching him in the, all the wrong places. But what happened is um, uh, when I started reading A Course in Miracles, I couldn't help but fall in love with this Jesus character. I mean, he was talking in that book, he was talking all about love, kindness, compassion. So I never opened the Bible, but I kept looking more and more who was Jesus. And then I realized, oh my goodness, he walked on the same streets and land that I walked on. I mean, my God, he, he, was, he was an Israeli like me. Um, and then I got, I got mad, I got angry. How come nobody told 
taught me about him? How come it was um, forbidden for me to ask who Jesus was? And I'm not talking about my parents. I'm talking about culturally at the time in the 80s and 90s. Um, and, and that madness, that anger it was like a resolution. Well, you know what? I really want to know who he was. And I really fell in love with him and my heart cried, Jesus, I want to know you. Um, and he, and I believe he heard me. So that vision, um, that vision came in March 11, 2011. I, uh, I was, I was on my bed, but I wasn't sleeping. And then I saw him literally with my physical eyes, saw him in, in my room and I knew that it was him and I don't know how I know, but it was him. Wow. Uh, there's two things with that as well for me. One is that it, it reminds me of a lot of other people's stories, which is that it seems like at that point in your life, you had really hit a, 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 a tough, really tough point. And I think that that is where God tends to meet us uh, a lot of times because he realizes that uh, we, we don't really have anywhere else to go on our own behalf. We can't, we cannot do it ourselves anymore and we have nowhere else to turn but to our creator and mm -hmm. i think that is the time where it's easiest to understand who he is and in the truth i think it's very very hard to do that when you are so wrapped up in the world and so caught up in your career or so caught up in your family but mm -hmm. it seems like in this particular moment it was the perfect time uh for him to make himself known to you and it sounds like you were at you were really searching for answers from the bottom of your heart you really wanted yeah. to know the truth and then another part of this is that, uh, from what I understand, when Jesus showed himself to you, it was in a way that you uh, could comprehend. Mm, exactly. This, this to me was incredible how, of course, wise uh, God is to appear, because there's so many people that had experiences of seeing him, but, but uh, each, each experience is different. So he appeared to me as a Jew, because he knew that would be the safest thing. First of all, he's a Jew, right? Of course. But... He didn't appear to me uh, crucified on a cross in a Catholic church because if I had seen that, I would, I wouldn't respond to this vision. He came to me in a way that is familiar to me, wrapped in a talit, which is the prayer shawl of the Jews, and even his sandals were the ones that we learned about in kindergarten, <laughs> like mm -hmm. the ones that Moses wore. I mean, I saw that and I knew I was home. Mm -hmm. Wow. The at the same time, though, this was not uh, enough. It sounds like, uh, just from the what I do know about your story, to kind of completely shift your worldview to one that you completely accepted him. Is isn't that right? Wasn't there still a little bit of time? Uh, and some of it, it sounds like maybe took the 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 cancer diagnosis, which we talked about previously, to really truly understand God and, and His truth. Isn't that right? I I wish I wish that would have been enough. I wish in that moment on March 11, I would say, okay, I'm coming. Because uh, what I saw in the vision is that um, he opened his arms and he said, come to me. Uh, I wish I would say, okay, I'm coming and done. End of story, right? I'm a believer now. Uh, but having no uh, congregation, no one to guide me. I mean, this is just, I, I never asked. So it's nobody's fault. Um, no Bible training or anything as such. Um, I kept thinking you know, um, the, the Tanakh is for religious people and I don't want religion. I just want a relationship with the creator. That's really what I was wanting. But what happened is, so that vision just didn't leave me. Uh, it was, it was gnawing at my heart. And at the same time, I, I became 
uh, more and more confused. And that is that is a sign that this that that Satan is ruling our life is the the war within our mind and the confusion. God is not a god of confusion. Satan is. So I was confused galore. I mean, on one hand, there's this vision and I knew what I saw. On the other hand, um, what about all this Reiki stuff and Course in Miracles stuff? And um, and I had I hardly had any money because um, whatever, it tells me not to work. So, I mean, it sounds so stupid, but when you're in it, it's almost like a cult, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what happened is I, I just couldn't live anymore the way I lived. So I decided to go back to Toronto to start again. Um, and I, I did. I had like four pets at the time. I took all of them, came back to my family in Toronto. And of course, for them, it's like, what is wrong with you? You have a master's in psychology plus a postgrad, plus you've done all this, this and this. And now you're not even working and you don't even know what you want to do. Of course, I could not tell them. I had a vision of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, and he said, come to me. Yeah. So what I, what I decided that meant, I analyzed the vision, is, oh, he wants me to go to Israel. So I actually went to Israel. I, I took a, a, I flew to Israel. I was there for like a month. I was looking for a job. And I decided to go back to Israel. I mean, that's what he meant, right? But even in Israel, I was sitting in some... Uh, like a little forest there near where I grew up. And I looked up at the sky and I said, Adonai, like, God, I'm here, you know? So now what? And honestly, Alex, nothing happened. No doors opened, nothing happened. So I had to come back to Canada. Um, and here I am, no job, no money, no direction. And so I decided that God was playing with me and I divorced him. I actually said, you know what? It's been two years. It was, it's been two years since the vision. And I still didn't know who you are. I don't know what you want from me. And I don't know why you said, come to me. So I'm done with you. And I'm going to find a job. And I'm going to get my own life. Bye. That's what I said. And at this point, then, were you still kind of wrapped up in, in the Reiki and other New Age modalities? or um, Not so much. I was starting to mm. pull away from it because mm. I believe because I was so confused my health started deteriorating my mental health first of all uh i was heavily and deeply depressed mm-hmm. i became suicidal because I, I i just didn't know what to do i mean who is this thing telling me to come to him and yet this way i i i was not functioning mm. wow uh yeah that's a lot to go on uh right there and that's that span of a couple of years between the vision and uh you know, what you were just describing there in terms of kind of divorcing God, but it gets a little bit more challenging, or I should say a lot more challenging here, doesn't it? Because this is kind of, this kind of takes us to that cancer diagnosis. Right, exactly. Um, So all along, even while I was in in Toronto and then going to Israel and coming back, um, I I did notice a lump in my breast and honestly didn't do anything about that because I was just too wrapped up in my own spiritual crisis, existential (laughs) crisis. Um, if you may. And in fact, I remember, I remember saying, maybe it's cancer and I'm just going to die. And that's okay. Um, Because I was really tormented. So what happens when you play with new age in a depth that I did, uh, there are tormenting demons that you open the door to. And I believe those tormenting demons and spirits came 
to me and I was tormented. So that lump was ignored for about uh, six to eight months. Um, and then I moved back to Vancouver because I wanted some peace and quiet, um, which I didn't find. And then I decided to go to a doctor's uh, just for an exam. And I said, oh, by the way, I have this lump in my breast. And she examined and said, it seems nothing, but just in case, I'm going to send you to a biopsy. Two weeks later, so now we're, we're looking at April 2013. Uh, I finally got, I actually went back into psychology. I decided to push away all the new age, push away God. I'm focused on psychology and that's all I know and that's it. So I, I was hired, thankfully, uh, as a clinical uh, counselor. Uh, I know it sounds ironic, but um, I loved that job. And two weeks into the new job, I went to see the doctor, went, got a biopsy. The oncologist said, it seems fine, but come back next week for the results. And that was it. <laughs> mm. Wow. Um, so at this point, after you get the results, what's going through your mind? Oh, my goodness. So um, actually, the, the, the oncologist couldn't talk because she really, really believed it was nothing. And of course, me with all the new age garbage that was in my mind, um, you know, we are taught like the secret, you know, the movie, the secret, we're taught to think positive, and it's going to be positive. Well, there's no basis to that if there's no foundation. So I kept thinking it's nothing. Uh, cancer doesn't happen to me, it happened to other people. Uh, very prideful, but uh, that's what I thought. So she couldn't speak. Uh, she just kept saying, I, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And I kept saying, what are you talking about? And then she turned the screen of the computer toward me and I saw the word uh, carcinoma, which I knew what it meant because I had lost two cousins in Israel in childhood to, to cancer. Um, I'm sorry. So thank you. No. Uh, so I saw the word carcinoma just underneath my own name. And I, was, uh, I, I really don't remember much after that, uh, but she did send me to, for a second opinion and that, that's the day I received the Lord into my life. Wow, what, what a crazy day, um, yeah. I mean, my goodness. How, so how did that happen then? Uh, can you kind of take us through that moment of, of when you accepted the Lord and, and what that was? Yes, 100%. So that oncologist sent me to a second opinion at the BC cl uh, Cancer Clinic in Vancouver two days after. So now we're at 19 of April, 2013. I walked into the BC cancer clinic thinking, what am I doing in a cancer clinic? Um, but then another oncologist came by, she looked at me, she, honestly, she didn't even say hi. She just said, I looked at your results. It's cancer. It's cancer. It's cancer. It's very aggressive cancer. Like she said it three or four times. And uh, I felt like a knife coming into my my heart. Um, and then, and then it was, okay, it's extremely aggressive. You don't have a lot of time. So it was a Friday. So you choose, what do you want to do on Monday? Do you want chemo or do you want a mastectomy? And I mean, I didn't even know what that meant. How to respond. I, I couldn't breathe. And I was alone. My family was in Toronto, but all I remember is I kind of mumbled, can you please give me a minute? And she left the room. And when she left the room, I fell on the floor of that, well, on my knees on that cancer clinic, you know, with the robe and all of the patient's robe. And I just cried out and I said, Jesus, forgive me. I'm done running away from you. Um, I want to come to you. And if you 
If you let me live, I would live my life for you. But if I have to die, I want to come to you. Um, yeah. Wow. wow. Hmm. That's absolutely incredible. After you did that, what was it like then in terms of the process of understanding Jesus in that relationship that you were talking about before? Because I and, and I ask also because leaving the new age is really, really hard in and of itself which is what you did and you, and you kind of took a break from any kind kind of spirituality. You also have your Jewish uh, upbringing, that background also at play here. Um, and now uh, going through this horrible diagnosis and this really, really challenging time, you have so many different things going on. I just, I would think from my perspective, somebody from the outside looking in that it would take a, a while to develop this relationship but um, I, I would be interested to see how it was. Was, was it, did it take a while to fully process what was going on? Oh, hundred um, percent. You know, I, I'm not one of those people that as soon as I said, take my life, then boom, I'm born again. And now I'm hopping out of the cancer clinic, cancer free. No, that was not me. Uh, what happened is I, I literally was in a corner of, I have zero choice. I had to resign from my work. I had to go back to Toronto. That's not third, fourth time, I forgot um to live in my parents house as an adult and to start chemotherapy here at sunnybrook in, in toronto uh, one of the most um prestige i guess hospitals uh specializing in it uh so i actually had no time to think um within a week i found myself back in toronto and at my parents house i was really in shock to be honest with you but there was something in me that was at peace there was a tiny part that it's like the world was spinning people were talking at me like cancer and this and chemo and that and there was teeny tiny part of me that was at peace because it's like if i die i know where i'm going and if i live i know where i'm going mm -hmm. um but it did it take it took uh it took years um and so i started treatments i started uh, right away they started me on um no sorry first was uh, uh, an emergency mastectomy um, which was a long process of recovery. And then uh, right away, chemo for six months. That chemo was horrible. Uh, during the chemo, I honestly, I cannot say that I had this amazing experience with God because it shut off my brain. Literally, I had no thoughts. I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't read. I couldn't speak. I couldn't, nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, uh, so during that time, the only thing I had said is, you know, God, is there anybody else like me in the universe that is Jewish and believe in Jesus? I was a believer in secret. I could not bear to tell my parents, I, you know, I, I'm back in your home. And guess what? I, I believe in Jesus, which we're not allowed to. Uh, so I believed in him in secret, but I had almost like whatever happens, happens. Um, and after I had said, is there anybody else like me? 24 hours afterwards, uh, I remember going for a walk and um, in in the neighborhood that I walked in, the next door, I saw a big flag of Israel and the word, this is a messianic synagogue. And I kind of didn't know what it was, but I had a good feeling. So I went home, Googled it. What is a messianic synagogue? And I found out these are Jewish people who believe in the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. And they're seven minute drive from where I am. Wow. <laughs> So uh, I, I called them and I said, this is who I am, this is what's going on. Um, is it okay if I come and say hi? I, I didn't know, maybe it's a cult or something. 
and I and, and they said please come and I went and I met the the rabbi Rabbi Jeff Foreman and uh, long story short they took me in prayed for me like there's no tomorrow discipled me what it means to be a a student a follower of the real Yeshua they helped me renounce New Age I went through deliverance of the New Age spirits uh, it's another show I guess but uh, even I I could see something black coming out of my chest. And I do believe that was the spirit of cancer. Uh, I really do believe that. Mm. And that's during chemo, during radiation, during all that stuff. And my joy was, I've never experienced such peace and such joy while going through uh, cancer treatments and not even knowing if I'm going to be alive. But I, f I found my Messiah. I, I found this peace that I was missing my whole life so it did it took about seven years to finally understand the bible and what it means to be a true follower of jesus christ yeshua wow that is absolutely incredible um seven years and uh i'm, I'm happy that you say that because i think there are a lot of people that expect as you know as soon as they give their life over to christ and start that relationship that it's going to be that light uh, switch uh, transition and you know for some people there could be certain parts of their old lifestyle that are done away with miraculously and that might be like you know drinking or mm -hmm. partying or whatever but um, there's a key word there I think in its relationship and I think relationships take a long time to build at least good ones good ones that have a good foundation and, and there's depth there and uh, the relationship with the creator of the spiritual and the, and the physical I don't think it is any exception um, so that's, I, I'm just happy that you said that because it does take a long time to, to fully understand him, especially when you've gone through, uh, the different things that you had gone through before in terms of your worldview and your beliefs. Mm -hmm. But how, how incredible, uh, is that, that he, you know, in that 24 hour turnaround, he gave you exactly what you needed. Uh, I think very similarly to, uh, the vision that he gave you. It was, it's always, mm -hmm. I think he's so good at meeting us where we're at. And I exactly. think that's something that we can really take away from God is, uh, when we're when when we're uh, uh, in relationship with people, I think that uh, a lot of times we can work on that ourselves and really take that to, to uh, con into consideration when we're meeting other people. I love that part about God is that He always meets us where we're at. Amen. Um, so that that's beautiful. And um, I want to see real quick, like in terms of the the cancer diagnosis. Then did did that did that also take uh, several several years as well, or how, how did that process get wrapped up? Was it at that point when you were getting the when you saw that you know that black thing leaving from you? How how, how did that process result? Right, right. So I did go through all the treatments, and you know I always say it's not like God couldn't like touch me and take the cancer away. He he can, and for some people he does. In my case, I had so much garbage inside of my mind and my and my spirit that it needed to be cleansed. Uh, so I believe the reason I personally had to go through all these treatments is to allow me the process to, as you said, to establish a relationship with the real Jesus, with the real God, um, and to cleanse uh, all that stuff that was there. Um, the chemo essentially left me like a zombie. Uh, <laughs> which is really not fun. But in a way, it's almost like in our sleep, God can speak more clearly to us because our unconscious is sleeping. Um, so for me, being in a chemo state and, and being like a zombie, that's when he could do the work. 
in the spiritual realm while the congregation was praying for me daily. Um, the cancer uh, portion took about uh, three years um, to complete all the treatments. Uh, I went through a reconstruction um, uh, surgery, which took like nine hours. I went there smiling. I had no fear because that, at that time I was a bit more mature believer. Um, but uh, it, the, the, the cancer, part, I mean, my, my oncologist here in Toronto is a religious Jewish uh, amazing woman. I love her dearly, uh, but she's orthodox. And she said to me, I cannot explain this, uh, Shiri, the type of cancer you had, uh, people don't just recover from, and you are a miracle. She actually declared that that this is a miracle. And then I shared with her. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just I just was saying, wow, that's, that's yeah, that that's a testimony. So I actually shared with her a bit about, well, you know, it's 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 God and God sent his only son, which is the Jewish Messiah. His name is Yeshua to touch my life and heal me from this cancer. And I know this for a fact. Unfortunately, she didn't take it very well, um, but doesn't matter. I know what I know. Um, but the process of knowing God and maturing in how to read the Bible, uh, how to discern, having a discerning spirit between new age and the truth. And if you can remember when you approached me, I even uh, right away, I asked you, are you, are you talking about new age? Cause I'm not going to participate or are you talking about God? Um, right. And, and now I'm in a different congregation, but um, it, 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 it did, it did take a lot. As you said, it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm really happy you did that by the way. Uh, that is so important to me as well, coming from that background. Um, and uh, I could, I, I totally understand like where you're coming from and, and maybe kind of like seeing the, the uh, aesthetic of, of the show, I, I definitely try to appeal uh, appeal to the secular. So, um, awesome. but it's so important to me to to get the the most important part of this, which is the truth, right? In where we find that, which is in the Word of God. So, Man. thank you for taking the time to ask and make sure. Um, I also I, I I understand as well that you get into you you start your own ministry here. And are we at that point yet, from in the chronological <laughs> perspective, or is it still does it still take a little bit of time to to start John ten ten. I know, right? Like, uh, am I am I four hundred years old? Um, <laughs> uh, John ten ten kind of came through while I was going through treatments because I wasn't working uh, at that time. I was spending a lot of time in the Word of God, the Bible, a lot of time at that synagogue at the time, uh, City of David synagogue at the time, getting rooted in in His Word. And so, what happened is suddenly all those visions that I had as a child kind of came back. Uh, I, I should say that the gift came back, but now it, it served the real God. Um, so while as a child, I would see visions and didn't understand where they're coming from. Now I opened up my eye to the real Holy Spirit. Um, and so I started hearing from God in my heart. Like I would go for walks and ask him questions and, and, and hear. Uh, so for, for example, when, when all this started, um, I still had a bit of a doubt. And, and I remember saying, well, Yeshua, you know, they say you are the Messiah. Um, is it true? And I heard in my heart, I am he. Now, at that time, I never read the Bible. So I did not know that this is a scripture. Uh, so that, but that was enough for me to, to be quiet and accepted. Uh, so what I'm saying is I started hearing the voice of God in my spirit and that gift of um, uh, seeing vision and, and 
whatever you would call it, prophetic, what ha- I'm not big on titles, uh, opened up again. And so uh, John 1010 came through that over the years. I remember writing it down and it's all about life abundantly. Of course, not talking financially only. I'm talking about life, L-I-F-E, <laughs> life in, in, in our savior being 3D as opposed to 1D and missing something. Uh, so it, it was a process. Mm. But still spectacular nonetheless, just considering like everything that we've talked about, like how you were able, just the fact that uh, you've been able to, to start this ministry is so, so incredible. Praise God. Uh, and um, now that you know what you know, uh, in terms of the truth that it's found in the word of God and, uh, you know, the, the true understanding of, of who God is and the relationship with him that you have. What do you tell people now when you look back at what you went through with a cancer diagnosis? How, how do you approach that? And uh, what, mm-hmm. what words would you give somebody that was going through or is going through something that you're going through uh, or that you were going through at that mm-hmm. time? What would you tell them? Oh my goodness. I don't know where to begin. I mean, mm-hmm. if you, if you feel you have something in you, like a, this thirst for something that is the truth, something real, uh, please don't wait for cancer. Um, get yourself, ask, you know what? Don't believe me. Ask God, like I did. You know, God, I don't even know if you're real, but if you are, can you give me a sign? And I want a sign from the true God, not the false God. And uh, out of curiosity, try to read the Bible. Look for the book of John. That's my favorite book in the New Testament or the book of Isaiah in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament. And read for yourself, who is the Messiah? Who is the, the Savior? I mean, the book of Isaiah, Ishayahu in Hebrew, talks about the Messiah throughout the entire book. Don't go to your rabbi. Don't go to your pastor. Don't go to your priest. Yet, seek for yourself and think for yourself and ask God for the sign because he will show you. He, he loves you and he wants a relationship with you as, your son, as his son and his daughter. Uh, I ran away too much like jonah he ended up in the belly of a whale but god rescued him i ended up in the belly of chemo and god rescued me don't wait for that you know ask him directly to show you the truth find a church or a synagogue messianic synagogue that would show you the truth that would teach you uh you know check alex youtube channel check check my channel um feed yourself with the truth and decide for yourself he's right there waiting for you what what is your message now for people that also um, are like how you used to be uh, Jewish people that don't understand Jesus? What do you tell them? Mm. Right. Uh, thankfully, it is shifting and changing again, thanks to the Internet. And there is a ministry called One for Israel. They post videos of listen, it's OK. It's OK to be Jewish and believe in Jesus. In fact, he is Jewish. Um, so I would say check that out. Uh, what I would say is um, I'm still Jewish. In fact, I am the most Jewish I've ever been because back then I, I, I would go to synagogue on high holidays and then like, that's it. I had zero relationship with my, with my father in heaven, with Elohim, with my creator. And now he's right here with me. He's inside of me. He's, I mean, I, I am his. Uh, I have a personal relationship with God. And that's what Jewish people are thirsty for, I believe. Now, we are told, if I want a relationship with God, I have to go to a rabbi. 
Um, or some people think they can just open up the Sidur or the Tanakh and, 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 and talk, you know, and read. Um, it's true, but it's not enough because God himself said, uh, I need sacrifice, blood sacrifice. Well, we don't have a temple anymore, so we can't go and slaughter lambs and say, God, forgive my sins. So who is going to forgive your sins? So this way, the Son of God, Yeshua ben David, the Messiah, came to not only forgive your sins, but to give you life and give you life more abundantly. So look into that, decide for yourself, and be more Jewish than ever, like I am. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I, lo I love the fact that you point out that you don't have to abandon uh, who you are uh, in, with your Jewish background in order to accept Jesus and have a relationship with him. Amen. That's, okay. re that's really, really important. Yeah. Um, my last question for you is, is, is kind of comprehensive of everything that you've gone through and everything that you're going to go through that you haven't gone through yet. Um, so it's several years from now and, uh, you lived a full and wonderful life uh, and are about to be with our creator for eternity. Yes. When people look back at the incredible life of Sh Shiri Joshua and all she was able to overcome and persevere through and the messages she delivered, what do you want people to remember the most about you? <laughs> oh, an easy goodness. one easy one right no really honestly i just want people to know this is a person that was touched by god mm. that's it and I, I don't think you could have said it any better <laughs> um, Amen. so what are you doing now like in terms of the we talked a little bit already about john 10 10 what what are you doing now there? Can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that? And for those of you that are uh, watching, I went ahead and put the website up there uh, on, on the uh, screen. And I'll put the, the uh, YouTube info up there in just a second. Awesome. Thank you. Well, uh, I do work full time. Um, I have a job. like uh, So I, I'm a licensed minister. I got licensed uh, by the grace of God through Canadian Christian Ministry Federation. I always mess up CCMF uh, here in Canada. Um, and I get to, in my new congregation, uh, Christ Exalted Ministries, we actually focus on media outreach uh, and evangelism. So I, I get to record weekly uh, messages uh, at our church and I put them up online. And um, the whole point is to give people hope. So um, that's, that's the ministry. It, it's still developing. I mean, one day, one day um, when God says, you know, leave your job and do ministry full time, I will do that. But uh, I'm always cautious, to be honest with you, of people that get visions and say, that's it, I quit my job and I'm going to go do this full time. Please don't do that. Wait for God to tell you it's time. Uh, so praise God, my job sustains me. Well, God sustains me, but my job allows me to have stress-free life so that I can record these messages, uh, speak with you, Alex, people like you, and and hopefully give people some hope. Hmm. It's so cool. And also, as you were mentioning, you have uh, the messages there on YouTube as well. And uh, that's just John 1010 Ministry on YouTube. You can type that in. Uh, for those of you that are listening to this, I will also put it in the description for the for the podcast. So you can just uh, click on the link to access all the uh, info for John 1010. Um, well, Shuri, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join us uh, and share your testimony with us today and, and share with us how you found the truth uh, in the relationship uh, that you have now with Jesus and our creator. Um, it's just so, so cool. And, and I'm beyond thankful. So, so thank you so much for taking the time to uh, speak with us today. Alex, thank you. Thank you so much for having the stage for people to give God glory and, uh, and hopefully lead people to the truth.
Well, that is the show for this week, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, just again, if you found any uh, value out of this episode at all, if you could please go ahead and uh, either rate or review us or subscribe to us. Um, again, that could be the very act that could help someone else enjoy the same podcast that you've been enjoying either this week or in the previous weeks. Um, hopefully help somebody else find the podcast. So I really appreciate that. And I uh, just want to remind you uh, again about our Facebook group, Spirit Answers. Um, and uh, just remind you again to submit your story to spiritanswerspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and that can be any uh, new age to Jesus testimony. It can be a near-death experience, a miraculous encounter, uh, any kind of uh, encounter uh, with the miraculous that either led you to or furthered your relationship with Jesus. Uh, again, that's at spiritanswerspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and uh, just going off of Shiri's testimony this week, I want to challenge you uh, at some point between this week and next week, if you can find a way to meet someone where they're at. Um, I, just like I was saying in this episode, I love the fact that God always finds a way to meet us where we're at. Where this week can you find a way to meet someone where they're at in a relationship? Maybe in, in a situation where previously you would have uh, maybe been a little bit more aggressive and, and tried to force something. Um, where this week can you try to meet that person where they're at and kind of be more a little bit more patient with them? And uh, it would be interesting to see what the results are for that this week. And I know that's it can be a lot easier said than done, but uh, hey, that's that's why it's called a challenge. And uh, I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll do great. Also, I'm always asked about what we can do as ex-New Agers to help out people that are still in the New Age. Um, if you could please share this episode with them or maybe one of our other episodes, I think that would be great. I think um, even if it doesn't completely change your mind, I think it could plant a seed. And, uh, you know, people love stories. They love testimonies. Um, and I think that combined with, with prayer and patience and just kind of being there for that person, I think can hopefully make a difference in the long run. Um, so if you could do that, I would really appreciate it. And I uh, always uh, like to give people an opportunity as well, uh, for those of you that are listening or watching that don't know God, to ask God to reveal himself to you. And uh, I know that sounds crazy, but if you could just ask him to reveal himself to you in a, in a way that's personal, kind of like Sherry was talking about in this episode, for a sign, just some way that makes sense to you. And if you could do this over a period of time and not give up and really, you know, from, if, from the bottom of your heart, if you're truly asking God uh, to reveal himself to you and you're truly searching for the truth, It'll happen. I guarantee it. Um, may not happen right away, but like I said, if you're diligent with it, it'll happen. Um, so I would just love to hear the result of that. And uh, again, I just want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen. It really means a lot to me and uh, really appreciate everything that you're doing to support the podcast. So um, I will be praying for you like always, and I hope you have a great week. I will see you next week. Take care. Bye.